Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Against an offense that's struggling, and you have Justin Herbert as your quarterback. Stop defending Brandon Staley. He's terrible. He's terrible at in-game decision-making. One of the worst we've ever seen. You can tie the game. Tie the dang game. Sports Daily with Jacob Albrot, Tommy Kester. Weekdays from 9 till 11 on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Sports, lighter news, and great comedy with Bob and Tom Mornings, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Wichita, always live on the free Odyssey app. Hey, Wichita, it's Jacob Albrock. Stay right there for the latest breaking in sports talk. It's Sports Daily coming up next exclusively on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. I'm Taylor Bishotti with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The Titans could be without Ryan Tannehill Sunday. He didn't practice Tuesday due to the ankle injury he suffered two weeks ago. Head coach Mike Brabel says if Tannehill can't go, both backup QBs Malik Willis and Will Levis will likely play against the Falcons. Kyler Murray is working his way back from a torn ACL in meniscus. An NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport says he could take the field in early November. If that holds true, he won't have Zach Ertz available. Ertz has been placed on IR after suffering a quad strain Sunday. The plan is for him to return this season. That's according to NFL Network insiders Mike Garofolo and Tom Pelissero. But the earliest Hurts can come back is Week 12 against the Rams. Speaking of the Rams, they released kicker Brett Maher. He missed two field goals and an extra point attempt in Sunday's loss to the Steelers. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-462-3333. That's 800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. Jacob Albrocht. 
Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome in, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of Sports Daily. Glad to be here with you. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing. Joined today by Malcolm Carter, one of our colleagues at Odyssey. We'll get to Malcolm's introduction in just a second, let you guys know who he is. Glad to have him on board. A lot of good stuff coming up today. We will have Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director, at the top of the next hour, joining us for a bi-weekly visit. Uh, we have some fun giveaways to get to today. We've got a little HTO. We got a little Wichita Thunder hockey, and we got a little pro wrestling uh, to give away. AEW coming into town. Uh, more on that in just a little bit, but we will have some tickets to give away there as well throughout the show today. The World Series is set. The NBA is underway. We get ready for another football week, and you can chime in on all of it on our IHOP hotline, 869-1240. Try IHOP's new slow-braised beef pot roast or a savory country fried steak while you're at it. Glad to be here, everybody. Uh, Tommy, how are you this morning? I'm good. Another great Game 7 in the NLCS last night. I feel like both of those series, I wasn't sure either one of them were going to be anything spectacular. They both ended up being great. Like you mentioned, we know our World Series matchup. We know the Diamondbacks. We know the Rangers. It's a breath of fresh air. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be a fun one. We will certainly get more into that in just a little bit. But let's introduce Malcolm Carter. Malcolm jumps in. So, Malcolm, you're our colleague at Odyssey, but, uh, you know, little birdie told us this is kind of this is kind of your thing, too. So we wanted to get you in here and, yes, and pick your brain a little bit. How are you today, man? I'm doing great. Glad to be here talking to you guys this morning. So let's tell people what what is it that you do for Odyssey for our family of networks here? Like, what's your day job? We all Tommy and I have day jobs, and then and then we do this. So what's your mm -hmm. day job? So I'm the regional promotions manager for Odyssey. Uh, so I handle a lot of the prize giveaways, a lot of the you know remote opportunities that we have out in the community. So really, kind of the community outreach arm for Odyssey. That's awesome. Uh, and then in from the sports world, uh, I, I've been in the office there, and you've got a Lions jersey. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, where are you from? So I'm born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, uh, but okay. definitely a, a, an avid football fan. I mean, I, I was a football player growing up. So, I mean, it hasn't been a great uh, history for the Lions here, but uh, we've, we've been turning it around here lately. We'll get into that. Tommy's a hater, uh, <laughs> you know, of I'm the Lions. Hater. Come on. <laughs> he's not a he's, believer. He's not He's not a believer. Uh, I'm more maybe in the middle. Our other buddy, Paul Savage, who comes in, is definitely a believer. He's all in with Dan Campbell since Hard Knocks. Uh, so we can get into the Lions a little bit today, too. Uh, we've got the NBA underway, guys. But, you know, for me, it was kind of paying attention there to the NLCS. That was a great game seven. It was uh, certainly closer than in the ALCS. And, you know, I, I'm sort of sick of it today, Tommy, as we read these, like all the sites and it's, how did the Phillies blow this? Nine reasons why the Phillies blew this series. And I'm like, we weren't watching the same series because I don't think the Phillies blew it. I think the Diamondbacks went and took it. The Diamondbacks, the Phillies didn't blow that series. The Diamondbacks went and got that series. 
you know, it's been really interesting about this particular series is that the Phillies were on fire coming into the NLCS. I mean, the way that they ran through the wild card series, the way that they ran through the divisional series, I mean, it was pretty clear. And then even the first two games of the championship series against the Diamondbacks, I mean, they looked like a, an absolute unstoppable force. And then here come the young guys with the Diamondbacks, and they've kind of flown under the radar a lot this season, I think because not unlike the Orioles in the American League, they've got a lot of young talent, and I think a lot of people thought, okay, they're talented, but they might actually be a year or two away from legitimately contending, and here they are. I mean, they battled back. They won four of the last five games in the championship series. They really quieted the bats of the Phillies for the most part outside of a couple of guys in that lineup. And man, just hats off to them. The pitching that, you know, outside of probably what Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly, maybe people don't know a lot of their pitching staff and their rotation that they have. But man, they did a great job in, in silencing the Phillies bats for the most part. And then really clutch hitting when it mattered the most from guys like Cattell Marte. Corbin Carroll had a great game seven last night. Um, you know, he's he looks to be the presumptive rookie of the year in the National League. So, I mean, just overall, they had that. The, they were able to take that momentum away from the Phillies, really quiet them down after the Phillies, like I said, ran through the previous two series. And here they are going to the World Series. Malcolm, I'm a huge Rangers fan, so I'm watching that. And everybody's messaging <laughs> me when the Rangers got in, and it was like, you'd rather see the, the Diamondbacks and the Phillies, right? And I'm like, I, I don't know the answer to that because obviously whatever team wins that game is going to have some momentum. The Phillies have the star power, and that will be interesting. Tommy, you named off a couple of those you know, bats, Cattell Marte and Corbin Carroll. Outside of that, most people, like casual fans, aren't going to know just about anybody else in their lineup. Baseball fans might, but it is a relative unknown, but they're young, they're upstart, they're good. Um, and, you know, that was the thing, Malcolm. I was like, look, the bullpen, they're, they got a better bullpen. They probably have a they probably have a, a rotation that's close, and they just got that swag a little bit. And sometimes mm -hmm. that swag scares you. And and that's what that as much as anything, like they just wanted to kind of shut people up, and they did. Absolutely. Uh, and I really just want to tip my tap to Tori Lavulo, uh, manager for the Diamondbacks. I mean, it just seemed like they had a game plan, uh, game in and game out, game out to know what um, they were looking to do. And like you said, pitching was on point. But even we're talking about opportunities when they were stealing bases, you know, sack flies, timely sack flies. So I think just from a game plan perspective, I think that they just went out there and they executed really well. So I definitely agree with you there in terms of people saying the Phillies, you know, just totally blew this. I don't see it that way either. I think that Diamondbacks definitely went into this game knowing that what they had to do and they executed. The Rangers are fairly heavily favored here. Uh, I, I think you can get the Rangers now at minus 174 in the series. And and I would probably agree with that, Tommy. I would say the Rangers are favored because they can more or less reset their rotation and their lineup is what it is. It's as good as there is, but man, their bullpen sucks. And that, that just feels like it's going to be a factor, whether it's a factor, you know, four times or fewer, I guess is all that matters, but it feels like the Rangers bullpen is going to be a problem in this series as it has been, as it was in the Astros series. But you know, first instant reaction when you see the matchup on on what you think about the World Series? Well, I mean, it does make sense as far as where I think the line stands right now between those two teams. I mean, I think that it is, you know, pretty appropriate to make the Rangers the favorites right now. But here's the thing. You mentioned the bullpen for Texas. And one thing that the Phillies did, I mean, even going back to last night, 
they added on runs late in the game. And, you know, really the Phillies bullpen had been pretty stout leading up to this series. Craig Kimbrell was, I mean, pretty lights out like through the wild card series in the divisional round. And then the Diamondbacks just kind of tagged him late in the game. That's something that they were able to do in this last series. And so if they can do the same thing against the Rangers, if they can get to the bullpen and get hits and runs off of the Texas bullpen, at that point, I mean, I think it becomes a lot more of an evenly matched series. But I understand where the line is right now, you know, before the series even starts. And you mentioned, you know, a couple of, we talked about Cattell Marte and Corbin Carroll and, you know, yeah, the rest of the lineup relatively unknown for the most part. I didn't realize until I actually started watching this championship series that Evan Longoria is on the Diamondbacks. I mean, he's a guy that's been around forever, you know, in the twilight of his, of his career, and he's got the opportunity to win a World Series now. I mean, that's that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, it, it's it, look, it's going to be it's going to be great, Malcolm, one way or the other. I don't, you know, you'll start, we'll start to hear ratings talk and is this going to draw and of course the Phillies would have been but, like, I, I always contend for baseball. Like, I don't think – if you're a Royals fan and a Royals fan only and a casual baseball fan, you're not going to tune in – you're not any more less likely to tune into the World Series because it's the Phillies over the Diamondbacks. I don't think – I don't think any baseball team has that sort of appeal anymore. You either watch the World Series or you don't. No, I agree. Um, and definitely I'm looking at in terms of the Rangers – uh, how how well they're able to go up against the Diamondbacks pitching rotation. Um, I think that'll ultimately be what it comes down to. But um, I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, if if you're a real baseball fan and this is something that you know you enjoy doing, then I think that you'll tune in just like just like the Rex guy. Our listeners will all tune in because they want me to you know to have my day of glory finally and win a bunch of money. So uh, that there'll be a little. I hope there's a little like South Central Kansas rating spike for the World Series. Hey. I got to tell you, Jacob, so I mentioned yesterday that if the Phillies won game seven, I would totally be in your camp and cheer for if the Rangers because I hate the you're Phillies. About to start cheering now for the Diamondbacks are in it. I don't, I don't I mean, hey, that. look, uh, just to keep things interesting and fresh, I might have to jump on the Diamondbacks. As long as you don't wagon. start sending me it's over texts in the third <laughs> inning of the first game, I'll be. No, I will. I'll, I'll be okay. You know, here's uh, the I'm, funny thing. So I'm when I was doing that, when I was doing that game seven to you, uh, and you're like, you know, stop it or whatever. I, you know, I, I had this thought. I'm like, maybe he thinks that, like, I'm an idiot and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just saying it's over. Now, I knew exactly what I'm doing. And I'm going to do it during the World Series, too, just to mess with you because I know how superstitious you are. But people love to do that. Or they're like, oh, it's over. Series is 2-0. It's <laughs> over. And I'm like, you know, shut up. Like, no, it's not. Like, one, baseball is the sport that showed us you can come back down 3-0 in the World Series. Uh, and two, it's baseball, and the Rangers have like the worst bullpen ever. It's terrible. They were awful this year. Uh, so how do they little... combat that against the Diamondbacks? By the way, I mean, score you, a bunch of you, runs. You got to, I mean, you got to score early, but then you've got to yeah. lean on like Montgomery and uh, Evaldi and like these well, other guys. They're to not go I the mean, distance, right? No, he. I mean, Bochi hasn't done that. He's gonna ride those late inning horses. I mean, he will go Spores seven, Chapman eight, and 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 Leclerc nine. That's what he's done. So I, I think you combat it the same way you did against Houston. You get to the opposing bullpen. Like, you don't you score throughout the game, right? It'd be great if they could just get a big lead and ride that through. That'd be amazing. But in the absence of that, because that's not going to happen in every game, you have to be able to score runs in the 7th, 8th, and ninth inning. You can't just count on 
you know, like the Royals of the past, where if you get it to the sixth inning or seventh inning with a lead, you win that game. That's not what it is for the Rangers. So they'll have to score. Uh, they'll have to score late in it. We'll, we'll have more on that. Game one is on Friday. Um, nice little break here before the start of it. I, I think both teams will be able to set the rotations more or less however they want. The Rangers will probably go Evaldi in game one since Montgomery pitched in relief, but I'm not so sure that's not a better thing anyway. Evaldi's been nails. Malcolm, the other thing was the NBA last. Are you an NBA guy? Oh, yeah. So Tommy and I lean a little more into college basketball these days. You know, professionally, I don't really have a choice. So my NBA watching has waned in the last few years. Uh, so night one, I mean, those are marquee matchups. Um, but my my problem is, like, th- this load management thing always has me questioning, like, can I believe what I saw last night? Like, do I believe that that was a good flex by Denver over the Lakers? I think in game one we can, right? But... Mm. Like, throughout a season, it's like, well, were they trying in that night? Like, was that a night they were taking off or not? That's that's what I have a hard time. Like, I can't evaluate the NBA anymore because I can't, I can't grasp that piece of it these days. Well, you know, they, they made some changes this year to the load management thing. So I think we'll see, uh, definitely see some some of these games matter a lot more to the, to the players. But um, last night, I think, um, at least, I think the Nuggets just had the Lakers number uh, when it came down to it. Um, AD and uh, Jokic was the matchup that I was looking at, and, and Jokic just continues to dominate that that matchup every time. AD didn't score in the second half. Yeah, it was it was it was a brutal watch for sure. I don't even think he had a free throw attempt in the second half. So uh, just just not really not being aggressive, um, which I think is has been a story for him for a little while now. Uh, I, I think all four of those teams are probably legitimate contenders to a title. Are we overthinking that? Like I I. One of the one of the betting things had a futures booster, and I put it on our boy Adrian Griffin in Milwaukee just because just that'll be a fun story to root for this year. But those are four contenders, don't you think? Yeah, mm. I mean, I think so. I think with the Suns, I mean, I think that, you know, you don't you've think got— Golden State is, Malcolm? Is that nah, what it is? it's, it's Golden State. Yeah. yeah, I don't—yeah. I would say out of the four, Golden State's probably the, the weakest out of the four that played last night. Um, I, I thought it was funny. I don't know if you saw this, Jacob, but uh, Magic Johnson, you see his tweet last night? Uh, he was watching the— the Nuggets mm-hmm. and the Lakers game, and uh, he tweeted something to the effect of... The sky is blue? We, no, something. I mean, he literally goes, well, it looks like the Denver Nuggets are going to be a pretty tough out in the NBA playoffs this year. Yeah. Like, Captain you think? Obvious. I <laughs> you love, mean the, I love, the defending champs? Yeah, okay. but go look at his tweets historically. He's the most... Ca- I, I think it's hilarious, because whatever <laughs> it is, it's going to be the most, like, Captain Obvious thing like, ever. Obviously, it's, like, yeah, yeah he, that's... For sure. That's, it, that's who he... Hey, I'm not going to doubt anything he does. I have no doubt that the Commanders will all of a sudden start being Super Bowl winners, because anything he touches turns into gold. I don't know about uh, that one. What are you talking about? Those commanders? No, I just mean what Magic Johnson's <laughs> oh, okay, done historically okay. as a sports executive. No, I, I'm not saying the commanders are doing something this year. I'm saying I I think they're probably going to be where they want to be with him anyway involved. Everything that guy touches turns to gold. He's an insanely successful player, obviously, but a businessman and now a sports owner. Like he He's just really good at it. I don't know what he does, but he's really good at it. Yeah, I think right, that would be a good uh, test for him. Yeah, well, football. Yeah, I don't know how much he's gonna. I don't know how much he's gonna contribute. Let's talk football when we come back. We're gonna take a quick break, uh, Jad. Let's uh, let's get this. Let's get the giveaways started in style today. So we've got a pair of tickets for you. AEW is coming to town. Um, they've got an event here at Interest Bank Arena. We're gonna have some guests 
some pro wrestling guests on in the next couple of weeks, right? Uh, Paul yep. White, former Wichita State basketball player, the Giant, the Big Show. Uh, I don't know if he's had any other aliases, but he'll be in studio Friday. I may have to sneak in there and give him a little taste of Mickey Blaze, Tommy. I don't know. Uh, as long as you wear the wrestling singlet or whatever it's called. Yeah, we'll um, have to. He, do you have a, a luchador mask you can put on? I do have a luchador mask. That's not okay. what Mickey Blaze wore, though. But uh, he, he don't want that smoke. That's all I'll say. 869-1240. Let's give away a pair of those tickets. Let's give away a pair of those tickets. I'm crafty. Uh, first caller, Jad, AEW tickets coming to Wichita. 869-1240. We'll come back. Let's look ahead and start to dissect the Chiefs a little bit, fellas. We can get into K-State. Chris Kleiman talking yesterday about their game with Houston this weekend. And then, of course, KU with the big one this weekend. We'll have it all for you. It's Albrock. It's Caster. It's Carter. We'll be right back. Your phone call is welcome. 869-1240. Sports Daily on 97.5 and 1240. KFH. Wichita's number one sports radio. Are over. Nope. I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. All right, welcome back into Sports Daily, everybody. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Malcolm Carter here with you. Jad Chambers producing, manning that IHOP hotline. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for watching as well. You can find us on our video stream, which is available to you on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitch. All right, fellas, let's start to look ahead to the football weekend. Again, Wichita State Athletic Director Kevin Saul joins us top of the hour. Speaking of this weekend, uh, we've got exhibition men's basketball. This weekend, volleyball is white hot. They're on the road, but lots to get to with Kevin Saul. But let's talk about the Chiefs and the Broncos. You know, it's when we get out to this streak like this, what is it, 16 games in a row or something? It's been a while since Peyton Manning was there. Um, I, I think we overlook them to some degree. But the reality of this is it wasn't a blowout when they played in Kansas City. Uh, Denver just beat Green Bay, which is fine it's not anything crazy but they have a one point loss and a two point loss at home this year Russell Wilson is not playing badly he's got 13 touchdowns to only four interceptions this year so it's not like a Russell Wilson thing it's been the defense the defense was okay the last time they played Kansas City Tommy like I I know we're all gonna just like try to pencil the Chiefs in here but like Denver to me does not feel as bad as sometimes teams with that record might be. They're not they're not good, don't get me wrong, but they're not like the worst team in the NFL here. The only thing that is difficult about the matchup this weekend is the last time these two teams played a couple of weeks ago, it was completely different than I think what the majority of people thought that it would turn out. I think a lot of people thought that the Chiefs would win, don't get me wrong, but I mean, really, before that game, the Denver offense had been pretty good and the defense had been awful. And then all of a sudden they play the Chiefs and it's back to kind of the Broncos that we saw a year ago where Russell Wilson really struggled against Kansas City's defense. The Denver offense really got nothing going. 
but it was the Denver defense, which had been really bad for the majority of the season, actually step up and only hold Kansas City to 19 points. So it was a little bit of a different way that Denver played that game against Kansas City. That's what makes it, I think, a little bit more difficult to assess the way that this matchup is going to go, knowing that it was so different a couple of weeks ago than I think at least what I expected it to be. Yeah, Malcolm, I, I guess it comes down to, too, the fact that they play this one on the road. Denver's been home for a couple of weeks. I don't know how much you take from the first game. It wasn't that long ago, right? It was just on October 12th. Mm. So, like, in the NFL, you get all these different seasons within seasons. But, I, I mean, do you do you give Denver any chance here to ugly this one up while the Chiefs continue to, you know, ascend in, in most aspects of the way that they're playing right now? Honestly, I'm, I'm giving them a pretty slim chance this weekend. Um, <clears throat> I think not only, uh, you know, considering the fact that they just played a couple weeks ago, so you still have that game plan uh, relatively together, but I think uh, with Denver not having uh, Kareem Jackson for this game, I think it's definitely going to gonna play a part um, where you're talking about definitely somebody manning up or, or just trying to guard Travis Kelsey. Um, I, think this, I think it's just going to be a rough stop, spot for them. Kelsey feasted in that game as well. Nine receptions, 124 yards. I believe that was a, a swift game, right? Mm. So we yeah. know how he performs with, with Tay <laughs> up in the box. Uh, so it, that game, I said Russell Wilson hasn't been bad this year. He was bad in that game. But he here's was what was one. wild about that game, though, guys. Like, Denver was running the ball very effectively. Like, they were, they were running the rock. And that game was close. And they wouldn't keep running the ball. So, like, to me, if there's anything Denver's going to do here, it's going to be to stick with the run. The problem is now, though, Kansas City's offense seems to be one more click up the up the spectrum than it was two weeks ago. So can Denver run the ball and stay in it long enough to establish and keep the run? They had the opportunity to do that the first time. They were running it effectively, and they stopped running it. I don't know, you know, the the Chiefs know that, obviously. But, I mean, if I'm the Chiefs, I, I worry far more about the run than I do Russell Wilson. He was terrible in that game. He probably won't be that bad again, yeah. but he was really bad. Well, and don't you think that also part of the game plan for Kansas City this weekend is to duplicate what they did against the Chargers a week ago? I mean, they limited Austin Eckler for the most part in the game defensively. Uh, and then, you know, they got out. I mean, obviously it was you know, 17-17, but then the Chiefs pulled away and won by two touchdowns. The passing game really came to life for Kansas City. So I would imagine it's, you know, hey, rinse and repeat. You know, duplicate what we did a week ago against the Chargers. You know, if the Broncos are going to want to run the ball, and you would think that they probably would with Javante Williams and Jaleel McLaughlin and, you know, their running game, you would think that they would, you know, be like, all right, what we did a week ago, uh, the pressure we got on Justin Herbert, let's try to get that on Russell Wilson the fact that we were able to stop Austin Eckler, let's try to do those same sort of things to limit the, the Broncos' running game also. And then at that point, you would think that they can jump out to a, a bigger lead than what they had against the Chargers a week ago. It should be smooth sailing. I mean, honestly, like you know, Malcolm said, he's given the Broncos a slim chance. I might even go a step lower than that. I mean, I'm not sure that you know, the Broncos have much of a chance at all, um, especially with the way that we saw Kansas City play a week ago. Um, I, I will say Nick Bolton's out. Last week against the Packers, uh, Denver did commit a little bit more to the run. They ran it 20 times between Williams and McLaughlin. I would say that's the bare minimum of what they'll need to do if they're going to beat the Chiefs. 
Uh, they played pretty good defensively against the Packers, obviously a very different type of offense. But they, their defense is going to have to step up and make some plays. I, you know, I, I, I don't know, Malcolm, I, I don't think Denver's going to win this game. It really comes into, like, can they keep it close? Can they stay within eight, which is where the line is right now? Mm. Um, I think something that they were able to do pretty well in that first matchup was, uh, like, limit those red zone touchdowns. Because, you know, the Chiefs, are they're pretty much uh, a given in the red zone for a touchdown. So I think they're able to uh, kind of hold them to a, a few field goal attempts um, if they're able to move the ball down the field. I think that's really going to be key uh, for, for the Broncos because they're not going to be able to to put points up at, at a – at a high rate, um, like you say, the Chargers would. So I think that's really a key is that Broncos red zone defense and how they how they show up. And that's the thing. If the key, and we all think it is, is that the Broncos defense is going to have to step it up, that's why I think their chances are really slim because their defense just isn't very good. I mean, they uh, did I do, limit let's, Kansas City a couple of weeks ago. So that's, I mean, that's why I go back but to Malcolm's say, point like, with was, some red zone mistakes. And yeah, like true, Kansas, true. Kansas City didn't take advantage of its opportunities. It had the opportunities. Um, that's, and I don't know. I mean, Kansas City, I think, will get better at that, but it's been sort of one of their little bugaboos in this great dynasty that they've had. Uh, Malcolm, let's take a minute and talk about your Lions here because we'll talk college football mm-hmm. next. Uh, they lose big to Baltimore. I don't read too much into that. It seems like a, a dud game. Mm-hmm. They got to get David Montgomery back. I think that part is crystal clear to what they want to do. But how, like, as you look at it, as you see the Vikings beat the 49ers on Monday night, like, what what is your confidence level and expectation for the Lions this year? Like, do you think that they should be NFC contenders? I don't know if I've got them quite <laughs> that high, but you know, like a divisional winner, I I don't know. Like they've they've they seem a little bit limited. Where is Jamison Williams, by the way? Mm-hmm. But what what are you feeling like as a Lions fan right now? I'm feeling I'm feeling still pretty good. I mean, honestly, I think just the culture we have built um, in the facility is that look like that was that was what it was. Now let's move on. Let's move on to the next game and let's keep on keep on pushing. Um, I definitely agree there with the David Montgomery piece. Um, and I think even the coaches, um, they speak to this as well during some of their post game uh, conferences. It's like we are a we're a balanced offense. We're we're run and pass. We we really like to kind of keep that about fifty fifty. So I think when we're kind of forced into those obvious passing situations. Um, I think that sometimes that can be a, a challenge for us. I think we're still kind of struggling at the guard spot there, so I think that plays a part in it too. Um, but honestly, my my faith in the team hasn't wavered too much. I mean, I was I was concerned that Lamar was going to beat us through the air anyway, just because we're we're a little banged up uh, in the secondary, especially with uh, Brent's just getting back. So I'm not I'm not all too concerned. I still think that we're one of the top four teams in the NFC. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Um, so we'll see. For one of the top four, so that would be San Francisco, Philadelphia, Dallas, Detroit. Probably is that your four? Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I'd be worried about Minnesota a little bit if I was you. I'm gonna be honest, Malcolm. And I've look, I've been on them all year, and and I knew it was gonna be tough out of the gates. They get a soft schedule coming up. I, they don't have J. If they can survive here without JJ, and their defense continues to get better with that soft schedule, I think you might need to worry a little bit. Um, little I'm not, bit I'm not worried. I'm not too worried about. I'm not too worried about the Vikings. I think. I think especially if you if you watch that Monday night game, they had they had a couple of things fall their way. Um some some turnovers there. Christian McCaffrey usually isn't a fumble guy. Um so I think they definitely had a lot of things go their way. We're talking about the Moody missed field goal. That changed the outcome of the final drive there because they probably wouldn't have had to go for the touchdown if they were to get that field goal there. So I mean But haven't they but haven't they had the opposite luck too early on? Like that stuff sort of evens itself out in the NFL a little bit. Like you have all the bad luck, unless you're the Chargers. You have all the bad luck and then you have all the good luck. I don't know, Tommy. I still think if I'm Detroit, I'm slightly, moderately worried about Minnesota. Well, I mean, I think that you look at what Minnesota's done the last couple of weeks and also the fact that they're doing it without Justin Jefferson, what they've done. And then the fact that, you know, the Lions just, they go into Baltimore and get trounced. And so, you know, I think that to, to Malcolm's point, if the culture in Detroit is, all right, we throw that game away, we move on, we forget about it, we get back to work, then okay, like that that works. That being said, though, if that's not the way that it ends up going and we, we start to see a little bit of a slide from Detroit, I mean, I think we can all point back, you know, if that happens – to the game against Baltimore, like that's where it started for Detroit, where things started to fall apart. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if it does, and then you, the fact you've got Minnesota, I mean, the momentum has shifted between those two teams. The Vikings are now just two games back in the division. Uh, you know, you mentioned the defense getting a little bit better for Minnesota. Justin Jefferson, we think, will be back in, in relative short order. So, you know, at that point, I'm not saying that it's it's going to be likely that the Vikings overtake the Lions because, again, still two games back, and two games in the NFL can be quite a lot to overcome. Uh, but I think that it, it it definitely has the potential to get interesting later in the season between those two teams. Yeah, and I, think, tell I, you I think the Lions, we always kind of struggle uh, with those rushing quarterbacks. I mean, you could look to some of our games last year against Justin Fields. Uh, those, were, those were shootouts, um, and I wish I think, I think we all know Kirk Cousins is not a mobile quarterback. Um, so I think I think that's no, just something he's we, lethal in the pocket if he's not under <laughs> fire. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think we'll be able to, to touch him up a little bit. I mean, we we didn't even put a scratch on Lamar on Sunday, so I think we'll get that corrected as well. They don't play until the end of the year. I'm gonna, I'm going to point something out, Malcolm, that you don't want to hear, and none of the Lions <laughs> fans want to hear. Okay, their their wins this year, Chiefs, obviously that's the big one, but you know, outside of that, it's Falcons, Packers, Panthers, Bucks. 
They basically have beat up on the NFC South and then a bad Green Bay team. They Their losses are to good teams, right? Seattle and Baltimore. Now, the good news is they've got a soft schedule. We do. Like, they, they don't... Do. You look after... The, they'll play the Raiders this week, and then after the bye, it's Chargers, Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears, Broncos, and then the final three weeks of the season, they'll be tested two against Minnesota and one in Dallas. But... I mean, I, th- their schedule is soft. So is Minnesota's. It must just be the luck of playing the NFC North this year. That's but like then you get into the postseason and it's like okay, but now you're going to have to play San Francisco, Philly, Dallas. We'll see him heads up against. I I just think there's you know that no matter what happens in the regular season with them, there's always going to be a doubt because their schedule sucks. Like they they're just not they shouldn't be tested a whole lot down the stretch. Yeah, I, I I agree with you um, to a fault. I think that we will see some good defenses along the way, um, and I think that uh, I think that'll ultimately um, kind of prove to show that we're we're a better team than what we did against the Ravens. Um, and when you're thinking about, you know, I mean, we're pretty much down 21-0 like at the start of the second quarter. That completely changes our game plan. Like I said, we're a balanced attack. So I think that. Um, not getting ourselves in those situations, like most NFL teams, you don't want to be down that much at the start of a game. Um, so I think that, you know, the rest of the schedule, I definitely have that Chargers game circled. That'll be on the road. Um, I definitely want to see how we show up that game. I think that game will kind of tell us a lot. I think the Chargers are able to, and Justin Herbert's able to kind of uh, open the playbook up on us, then we, we might be in trouble. They'll get Montgomery back for that game, surely. Mm. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. Tommy, let's give away some hockey tickets. What do we have for folks? Yeah, so Friday night, Intro Spank Arena, the Thunder take on the Cincinnati Cyclones. We'll give you a family four-pack of tickets to the game Friday night. Puck drops at 7.05. All right, 7.05, four tickets to the Thunder this week, Friday night. We'll give them to our first caller, 869-1240. Jad will get us a winner. We'll come back. We'll talk a little KUK State. We've got Wichita State Athletic Director Kevin Saul coming at the top of the next hour. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Malcolm Carter. We'll be right back. Okay, take it easy. We're going on the air. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Congratulations to Mike for winning our family four-pack of Wichita Thunder hockey tickets. Have a good time there, Mike. On us here at Sports Daily, thank all of you for listening to us. Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director, joining us top of the hour. Jacob Albrecht here, Tommy Caster, Malcolm Carter, as we're introducing Malcolm, one of our colleagues here at Odyssey. Now, Malcolm, I'm sure that you are a younger man than Tommy or I, which is good, mm. right? Because we can uh, we can use a little infusion. I, I lean on the younger people uh, at the TV station in one of my other jobs to mm. keep me apprised of, you know, like what what's hip basically like what am i missing here <laughs> on a hip? term am i am i using that correctly like what does that mean um so it, that that will be nice to have you as a resource in that way because look you you get a little older you start having kids and it's just like like it's gone like you just look back and you're like what happened when did i get old and where did like i don't know what i don't know what's happening anymore like the terminology <laughs> it's it's wild so that will be good to get you in here to uh um uh, to keep us no cap malcolm uh, <laughs> don't don't say oh that. man <laughs> don't i learned i learned don't about no i learned about cap uh not not too long ago uh, uh, that was, yeah that I, was a little I, forced there is cap yeah, even I, still in like i feel like it's old enough now that it's probably out is 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 cap still 
a thing? Like, are we still using that? Yeah, people say, you know, no cap or or you capping. It's like, you know, I'm not lying or no lie, you know, yeah. those type of phrases. Yeah, yeah, no cap, no cap here. No. K-State, K-State and Kansas have, uh, I feel an infusion of youth. I like it. K-State and Kansas both have good opportunities this weekend, fellas. K-State certainly <laughs> a heavier favorite. K-State is favored by 17 and a half points in that game. Um, and we'll get to picks Friday, but that's wild. That's a big old line. KU is getting 10. Now, what's interesting is we had Shreya Lotta on Monday, Tommy, who said there was some optimism that Jalen Daniels might be able to play. But then later in the day, Lance Leipold said, I think his quote was, he's probably doubtful for this one. Um, so if you take the average of probable and doubtful, maybe that's questionable. <laughs> like, I don't know. Somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know how optimistic we should be. The thing about we, what we do know now, because K-State's got a quarterback thing going on too, coaches don't have to say anything in college. Like, they just don't have to, so they're not going to. And I don't know how we ever guess if Jalen Daniels is going to play. I don't know how you ever bet Kansas until literally right before the game when you do know if he or won't, if he will or won't play. And in a game like this against Oklahoma, I do think it matters. I appreciate what Jason Bean has done, but I'm not going to give Kansas probably a chance to win this game with Bean, I don't think. But then Oklahoma almost lost to UCF. So it, I, I don't really know what to expect Saturday with the Jayhawks. But don't you think that if we have a hard time guessing if Jalen Daniels is going to play on Saturday, Oklahoma is going to have a hard time guessing if Jalen well, Daniels sure. is going to play. And and I know that like they're, they're different. There are some similarities, don't get me wrong, between Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean. But there are some major differences as well. Jason Bean relies on his legs a yeah. lot more than Jalen Daniels does. And so, you know, it's kind of, to a lesser extent, but kind of like the way opposing teams have to game plan for Kansas State with Will Howard and Avery Johnson. You're not exactly sure what you're going to get. It's a different situation. It is apples yeah. and oranges. But OU, the, you know, I think going into this week, I mean, I do think that it plays a little bit to the advantage of Lance Leipold to play coy and to, to not not to reveal if Jalen Daniels is probable or likely to play or whatever, because then you're basically making Oklahoma game plan potentially for two different quarterbacks in the matchup. Will that ultimately matter in the game? I don't know. Probably not. But I do think that it it, it can't be strategic for Leipold to keep that under wraps a little bit. It's, I, But here's my other problem, Malcolm, is if OU was overlooking UCF and looking ahead to Kansas – like was and the, and I don't know this about OU, right? I, I you know I know OU beat Texas, but is there any chance that that was their letdown game and nobody else is going to get that chance again, or is OU just not quite that good? That's what I still have a hard time with with the Sooners. You know yeah, they beat yeah. Texas, so they've done their thing, but was the UCF thing like was that a slip up? Or are they just not that good? I, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I'm not calling that UCF game a fluke. Uh, I was able to sit and watch that game. I think uh, UCF was definitely able to to show some. And they got uh, their quarterback back. Mm, yeah, I think they exploited some things in Oklahoma's defense um, that I think that definitely uh, Kansas will be kind of keying in on. Um, I mean, UCF, they had they some bigger, bigger guys on the defensive side, too, and they were – they were they were putting it putting it to Oklahoma, man. It, it was a it was a physical game at a point. So uh, I definitely think that UCF um, was was not something that they were necessarily overlooking. Um, but you know, I think 
technically, you know, they really just came in and got it to him. So we'll talk much more about K-State tomorrow because we'll have Tim Fitzgerald on, and then Friday, obviously, we'll have Wyatt Thompson. But real quick look at the Wildcats. Chris Kleiman talked yesterday. Uh, he, he basically he isn't even playing coy anymore. He's like, guys, we're not going to know till Saturday when he's asked about the quarterback question. And again, it's because he doesn't have to answer it. But I, <laughs> I had people messaging me like, why don't they put, you know, why don't they put Avery Johnson and Will, and I'm like, they think they, they're on pace for 700 yards of offense at that point when they were just blowing them out in the first half. I'm like, this is clearly working. This is what they're going to do. And why would they not do this until what happened Saturday? Really what's happened the last two weeks, right? Because if you, if you look at the Tech game, Tech was giving them the run to Avery Johnson. So they just rolled with Johnson. Well, TCU wasn't necessarily giving them that, so they alternate. And Will Howard can carve them up a little bit. It really was perfect case scenario, I think, for the coaches. And I don't think there's any reason for them not to just keep banging that drum until it doesn't work. They've got a big one that they don't want to overlook either. They probably have the benefit, Tommy, of the fact that Houston just played Texas tight to not take them lightly. I think that, and the other thing for K State is, if if any team knows this, it's K State. You, you got to bring it every week in the Big Twelve, or you'll get, or what happened against Oklahoma State will happen to you. Yeah, I think it's real. It was real easy at the beginning of the conference season to look at a schedule and say, okay, we're playing UCF or BYU or Cincinnati or Houston. Okay, that you go ahead and mark that down as a win. Uh, it's not as easy as that at this point. And I know that, you know, a couple of these newcomers in the Big 12 have struggled. They've, you know, kind of gotten their growing pains a little bit, you know, here and there, um, entering a brand new conference and all of that. But, I mean, last week is a perfect example. UCF hung with Oklahoma. Houston hung with Texas. We've seen BYU hang with teams throughout the course of the season as well. Um, so I do think that it is important for Kansas State to absolutely not overlook Houston this weekend because of what we saw Dana Holgerson's squad do a week ago against the Longhorns. I don't think that's the way Chris Kleiman's squad is built. I don't think they're built to overlook teams. And really, after what we saw Houston do a week ago, I don't think K-State will overlook them. Malcolm, real quick, you on board with the two-quarterback system? Yeah, I, I think it, it can work for sure. Yeah, it, it has worked for two weeks. We'll see if it does again this week, and then you've got the big one against Texas. So uh, we'll keep our eye on that much, much more on those matchups throughout the week. When we come back, we'll shift gears a little bit. Wichita State Athletic Director Kevin Saul joins us as the volleyball team is on fire, as the basketball teams get ready for exhibition openers. And, and fellas, like we are close to the start of the college basketball season. That is wild to think about. Uh, but it's almost here. All right, Sports Daily, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Malcolm Carter, coming back at you, joined by Wichita State Athletic Director Kevin Saul right after this. Let the love mornings with Bob and Tom on 97.5 and 1240 KFH, Wichita's most listened to sports radio, always live on the free Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.